Well, so I didn't goof this up. I'm presuming I'm up. All right. Well, thank you, Pastor Jeremy, for making that available to me. I, I, we, we came down here. We've got um, an opportunity. We have an opportunity to, uh, to visit um, and carry with some sense of uh, regularity um, since uh, my oldest son, James, who was born here in North Carolina over at, um, at Goldsboro at the base when I was in military 30-plus years ago. We won't go into that like we did the last time. Um, I could have been retired by now. Uh, but uh, we started there. He was born there and uh, took a, somehow or else his, his bald head took a special liking to Grandpa Holton. And uh, so <laughs> between the two of them, they kind of hit it off. And they've been family ever since. Um, but uh, it's been, it's just good to be back and the opportunity to come visit. We can't come here and be so close without saying, hey, here we are. We'd like to see some of y'all and, and uh, show up on a Sunday morning. And pastor says, yeah, <laughs> we should have just come last week, this, this, this weekend. It was uh, our missions weekend. And, and, uh, and, and he says, but you can, have, you can have a bit. He says, I might, they might forget what I sound like. I said, no, that's all right, I'll take whatever you give me. And then he says, later on, he says, no, he says, you come too far, we got to give you the whole service. I said, all right, preach, pray, or die, here we go. Um, this is live, live and unedited, is what you're getting this morning. Um, but uh, our, our mission, our ministry, for those of you who don't know, um, where we're at, we're up in Toma, Wisconsin, close to Wisconsin Dells, uh, and some of you might have heard of Wisconsin Dells. And the Green Bay Packers, that's about it, that and cheese. Um, but uh, the other thing, cheese and beer, if they could put it together, we'd really have a, a winning combination, right? <laughs> Goodness. But they, but they do, they make good use of that up there, I, I'll tell you. Um, in fact, that was, that was just a little bit of the subject of some of our, uh, some of our ministry. But typically, what, uh, what we, we left here, we went to... Um, Northland Baptist Bible College up in northern Wisconsin uh, with a youth ministry, actually pastoral, started out there with a pastoral in a pastoral program, transferred down to Calvary Bible College in Kansas City, and that's where we graduated with youth ministry, started in camping ministry. Been there, we were there for somewhere in the range of 15 years, and uh, full-time began working in local, in local churches and area-wide youth ministries. And uh, that's where we're at now in Wisconsin, uh, where Virginia grew up and her family. And uh, we work with a number of different churches, work in their youth programs. Uh, we get together month, once a month and we eat pizza with youth, youth leaders is what we do. Um, and that's a, good, that's a good thing to do with, with, youth is, with youth leaders is eat pizza. Like they don't get enough of that already. But uh, what they don't get a whole lot of is this notion that they're not in this by themselves. And sometimes they, they've got their, they got their community and their world and their youth, uh, youth in their local school district that they're working with, and they feel like there's so much to do, and there's so many to be reached. And homes, yet yeah, besides, not just, not just as a... a no, it ain't coming to me. Pastor Nate. Nate, there we are. Pastor Nate was saying this morning, um, in fact, that is, that is my ministry verses, Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy 6, where he says, uh, 
to, uh, to place that on your heart. When you lie, lie down and when you rise up and you walk by your way, that this is coming out of you, teach your kids, God said. Teach your kids. And uh, so the, the home is the primary youth ministry, and those youth pastors are working with the home, in conjunction with the home, with the, the moms and the dads and the grandpas and the grandpas, and the opportunities that they have to pour into their kids. Pastor Nate comes along and others come along aside to say the same thing that y'all are saying to, to those kids. Um, reinforcing that. And sometimes that seems really overwhelming because, man, most of them get into youth ministry because they want to work with the youth and they find out that I can't only but do a portion of that ministry. Really, the job is in the home. And that's really overwhelming. And, and then I've got this whole community that I'm working with. And so we get together every month with a, bunch of, with a number of different youth ministries in our community and we eat pizza and it's a fellowship ministry, and we talk about what's going on with the kids and uh, find out that that kid just isn't coming to this youth ministry anymore. Now they're going over here. That's where that kid's at, and so we kind of keep track of the kids. We talk about the stuff that's going on in the school district. We still have baccalaureate. I don't know if you guys do baccalaureate in your high school anymore, but it was a thing some time ago. Uh, and we found out that uh, the Ministerial Alliance much broader than, than our little circle of evangelical youth ministries. Um, they, they were dropping the ball this year. And someone said, you find you guys hear that? And, and, uh, and so well, we can't have that. And so we picked that up, and we've been hauling that as catalyst, we call ourselves. Um, we'll do, we'll do different, uh, a few different events throughout the year. See you at the poll we support. We work with that. Probably one of our more, the most exciting thing that I've been working for for a number of years, and I'm not, I'm not into creating things as such. I can do that um, really well and then ask for God's stamp of approval on it. I really enjoy watching God work in the lives and the hearts of the youth leaders and saying, you know what we need? We need this. And somebody else is going, yeah, that's right. We need that. And uh, the, the, one of the things that we've been talking, I've been, I've been talking about planting little seeds on a regular basis is youth training for those youth staff that Pastor Nate might have working with them um, to come um, free of charge or for $5 if we're going to serve a meal. And we're working that up this fall, finally. Well, we'll have uh, one of our speakers um, is, is going to be coming in um, to uh, working with drug addiction, another one with sex trafficking, another speaker will be uh, dealing with uh, actually one of our community, uh, our uh, Monroe County services, um, talking on, on uh, suicide and, and several different topics of that. How do we talk to our youth? What are some of the issues that they're dealing with today? How can we, as a, as a youth ministry, um, better serve, be better prepared um, to answer that instead of standing there with our jaw slack job and saying, going, uh, let's go talk to Pastor Nate. Um, we've got actually something else we can give them. So a little bit of preparation, really excited about that coming along. Um, a tubing trip we just had uh, as well, a tubing, tubing event. We rent a tubing hill and we bring in a speaker and we have a uh, hundred and some odd um, kids from our community and about six, six to eight different churches that will show up.
for that event. Um, Taco Tuesdays is something that's just recently come, come, come alive again. We did that several years ago. One of our military families kind of co-opted that, became a military ministry, and, uh, and, a, and a, a little bit, a, a bit after they had left, um, it kind of fizzled out. Well, they were doing it the whole while. That, uh, that, that they were gone from this place to that place to the next place. They show up back in Toma again and uh, start it up again. And before long, it winds up at our house. And we'll have, we've had as many as 30 people in our home um, on a Tuesday night. Every, every night it happens. And different people, we get out. Now we got these great social media and people go, uh, well, it's going to be our house. And we've got, we've got the meat, we've got the tacos. And someone says, we're bringing the the salsa and the, and the sour cream, and the other, well, we got onions and olives, and, and, and uh, we just kind of pass that around, and everybody converges on, on either our home or somebody else steps up and says, hey, let's do it at our house. And so we'll have a number of people that come, and it's been a ministry. One of the people, one of the, um, uh, again, uh, just a, a, a ministry in place, a play, an opportunity for fellowship for some people in our, in our uh in our group, and primarily from, uh, from the church that, that we call our church home, um, one of those couples, a couple of those couples uh, finally have stepped up and said, well, we, can, we can serve. We can open up our home. We can kind of organize this a little. It's really easy. And just an opportunity for us to have a life together as a body of Christ outside of these four walls throughout the week. What does that look like to take Jesus wherever you go, where he's, a, he's an important part of my life? And what we do when we're there, some of us are there because we enjoy one another's company, and we should, shouldn't we, if we're all part of the same family? Um, and we can name God as our Father, but uh, we have um, some of us who are very intentional about our purpose there, and that is to speak into the lives, get to know these people. We have had numerous opportunities to pray for and pray with. In fact, just the very last one. What was going on? Um, one of the ladies, her daughter was having some sort of struggle, like suicidal and things like that. So we could pray with her, right, as a group. Yeah, she was. She was really just really burdened that that evening, and. And that came up, and so, and so someone said, hey, y'all, we need, to, we need to pray for Annie. And so we all had an opportunity to, to pray with her and lift her up, and we were a family. She went walking this by herself. Another fellow that was, uh, we've had an opportunity, he and his wife, um, living, how many times do we live our life with this mass? You know, this is, this is, this is a, a congregation, a building just filled with Sinless people, amen. <laughs> we don't have we don't have those struggles. We don't have those problems. Those are those people. Praise the Lord, I've met Jesus, and now I don't sin no more. I don't struggle no more. I've got answers for life. And well, these are good things. And you know, you'd think that we would have answers, and we do. But we also live with this thing we call flesh and uh, a fallen world around us, and, th and things like this happen. And this man and his wife, um, I, uh, I, I sang do worship. You know, it's a funny thing. 30 years ago, we did music. But now today, we do worship. So I don't know what, that, I don't know what happened there. But uh, I, I, do, I, I play guitar, and we sing, and this fellow, he plays guitar as well, and he started showing up to this uh, uh, 
ministry, he's just, he's to, I, I was his only real Christian friend um, within, of, any, of any import. Um, that that uh, worship team was a big part of his life, and he drug his wife in as well. And uh, for, for the last 16 months, um, uh, uh, probably he's, he's been coming to tacos probably the last four to six months. Um, and uh, just recently, he'd been walking alone. Um, since he goofed up some years ago, he had, um, had a, a number of issues in his world, lost, uh, lost control of himself, and wound up with four different DUIs. Um, by number five, you're going to do some jail time. And so 16 years pass, he'd moved up to Toma, been involved in our world, and about the last 16 months, he's been walking this thing in the shadows by himself. Coming to church, and uh, he had been caught, and they were walking it through the process and wondering what's going to happen, what's going to happen, and nobody knows. Puts on that good fat, that face. And when finally things come to come apart, um, he 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 called us, called us up, and wanted us to come and talk, and uh, needed to get it out and lay it out on the table. He's he's serving. We, so before he, um, they, they gave him a plea deal, and uh, before he spent his, he was going in, um, we prayed. And they were going to be looking at sentencing. And uh, so we prayed, uh, called one of the pastors from, their, from our church, um, and, and the three of us uh, prayed together and just asked the Lord to show himself mighty in Denny's life. And... Um, and just to receive what it is that God was going to do in this. This is, not, this is kind of Denny's sabbatical, <laughs> where he can use this time well. And so we just prayed for that, and that, that, uh, um, that the Lord would just show himself mighty in Denny's life. Un, when, when they do a plea deal, it was for, instead of the whole year in jail, it would be six months on, Six months, like house rest with a little anklet thing. And, um, and so he goes in there. He's expecting that plea deal to be the thing. And it turns out, the, the judge says, you know what? You've been 16 years without, been a good guy in the community. He does. He, he'd been, he, he served and he was, uh, he was the uh, manager of the big deal lumber yard, uh, lumber yard in, our, in our community, building supplies and things. And... Um, and uh, just serving in the community, and the judge, said, judge says, says, I think I'm going to reduce that to just three months. Three months. And so he's there, and it's going to be quite a bit, because Denny's a moving kind of guy. He's always doing something. Just the opportunity to, to speak into his world right now. He's working through um, uh, transferable concepts um, from uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. And so we're walking with him through that. Um, other ministries, well, we've got a pastor's lunch. We work with a number of different individuals. There's Ryan and Katie. They're singles in our, in our, in our world. Kim from Oregon, um, when we were out there, and some of the things that are going through that, people, people wind up on our doorsteps a lot. One of the other ministries that we do is our camping ministry, and we're really excited about Scripture memory in our camping ministry as well, and uh, hoping hoping to see that develop into a uh, scholarship program. We 
we see almost 100 kids at camp, um, just one week in the year. Of those 100 kids, about 50 of them do not pay a dime. Of the 50 who do, so we, we provide scholarships for them. And we rent the grounds, so we don't get to own the grounds, which is a little weird for me. I'm not really always sure what to do with that. But um, of the 50 who do, we charge them $120. It actually costs us $150 to do camp. And only 50% of our campers ever pay that money, and they don't even pay $150, they pay $120. So a good portion of our donors, our supporters, are very, very important to us in the ministry that we have there. And so be praying for that, um, uh, that we can, because as, as we continue to grow, and we have over the past five years that we've been, we've been doing it, um, we've been seeing numbers, additional kids coming, and, um, and a lot of them are not paying at all. And so um, it is just a bit of a concern to me um, like every year when my staff leave, I'm wondering who, where am I going to find my staff again. Every year, the Lord provides, and he's been faithful, and he does provide. Um, so just continue to be praying for us along those lines. Our family, for those of you who need to know, um, as I said, James, our oldest, born here in North Carolina, lives up in Cary, and he came down to be with us um, up in the front row. Um, he's, the, he's the big one. <laughs> The two shorter ones uh, who are with us is Jacob and Nathaniel. They're still at home with us. It's a real weird world. We've always had five in our home, and then, um, and then uh, they started moving out. But they've been adding to our numbers. James has got our two grandchildren, which is a real draw. And, uh, and then uh, we've got one, Amanda. Goodness, she showed up here. She showed up here with us, I think, a time or two. Um, but she was the one that Pastor Hightower and Bobby, they went to see and, and drag, drag uh, Grandpa Holton and Mary Margaret with them over to the Philippines. And she has now Garner, and he's just two months. She's living in Nebraska. Uh, and they are working on uh, doing, being a worship pastor. I think that is his future, um, her husband's future. So uh, we're seeing about that. Daniel, Daniel Holton. Um, is, uh, is, has been, he's living in Kansas City, Missouri, has been working at a bank as a manager, just made a job change to uh, being construction, some sort of a construction salesman or representative. I don't know what he's doing there. But we're hoping, hoping that'll free him up a little bit more to spend more time up by us. And, uh, and Michael is also living now in Raleigh, and he fixes phones. That's what he likes, a little phone shop there. Um, he's always been a fella who loves electronics, and so this is kind of up his alley. We'll see where that goes for him, but that's, that's where the family's at. Um, not wanting, you know, there's, there's, uh, there was a day when I was talking to Pastor Jeremy, I said, there was a day that you did not get up in the pulpit without a, a jacket and a tie on, and uh, I did not know I was going to be doing this, so I came with neither a jacket nor a tie. But one thing that you don't do is get up in the pulpit and tell all your great stories without opening the Word because these people have come to be fed, and that's what I intend. This morning, if you take your Bibles, you can look at John chapter 21, just a little bit about me. 
I was, I was going to be a farmer. I was going to be a youth, youth person working at, on my family farm. Uh, and my dad was going to sell me a family farm. In fact, I should have had the family farm, but my mom didn't want me to do that until I had something underneath my belt, some other job thing. So off to the Air Force I went, and that's how I wound up here. I was going to go back, and I was going to be a farmer. And the Lord had other plans for me. And this was one of those passages while I was in Bible college. I had to read the book of John five times through for that particular class. And it was the last time, the fifth time through, and the last chapter when God shared this with me in chapter 21, John chapter 21. We're going to be hitting a couple passages. Um, This is not where we're going to stay, but in John chapter 21, verse 1, it says, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples, the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. Um, And uh, Simon Peter called the twin Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we are also going with you. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. And so they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have just caught. And he goes on, verse 15, we'll just skip down there real quick. Verse 15, so when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Lord, this morning as we look at your word, different passages. I just pray that you indeed um, speak through your word um, just as uniquely as you can. Um, We know that it is sharp and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Lord, pierce the hearts. Lord, speak to them that uh, this might be a personal thing and not just my story. So that's why they're here. You brought them here that they might hear from you. And so I just pray, Lord, that you do that this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm reading this thing, and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a farmer. And uh, I know how to be a farmer. I grew up doing that. But uh, I also knew I was, supposed to, I was supposed to be in ministry, working with the kids. I'd kind of grown up in the summers doing vacation Bible schools and serving at camp and 
and uh, in working with kids that way. And I really loved that. I felt like that was, that was, uh, that was worth my while. That's what I really wanted to do with my life, but I didn't want to let go of the family farm. And this passage come along, and it finally dawns on me. You know, Peter, Peter, he was told that Jesus said, I'm going to meet you all down by the Sea of Galilee. And when Jesus left, Peter says, you know, I'm, I'm kind of no good at this uh, disciple stuff. I'm going to go back to fishing. I know how to be a... I, you know, I... I, I, I uh, I get called. I get called the devil, um, and get thee behind me, Satan. Um, I'm always opening up my mouth and doing the wrong thing. Everywhere I turn, Peter's. You know, I step out of the boat and then I sink, and and finally, in the end, I deny the one I swore up and down I'd never deny him. Even if they were going to kill me, I wouldn't deny him. And then I did it anyway. And. Um, so I'm going, to go, I'm going to go do what I know how to do. And all night long they went fishing, he and his buddies. And they caught nothing. Jesus comes by and says, says why don't you throw your stuff on the other side? So I'm not, I don't know, I'm not much of a fisherman, but if there ain't no fish on this side of the boat, there probably ain't anything on that side either. Uh, but sure enough, at his command, they hauled in fish. And I just, I just reading all this stuff in between the lines, and this, is what, and this is what God is telling me. You know what? You were good at fishing because I blessed you at fishing. But you ain't going to be good no more. I didn't call you to fish. I called you to fish for men. That's what I've called you to. This is what I'm wanting you to do. And I will bless you at that, but no longer at this. If I want you to catch fish in a boat, I can do that. Do you love me? Then do what I've called you to do. Love is a choice, and it is a matter of a relationship. Do you love me? Are you in relationship with me? Then what, then what do you do? Feed them. Feed them what? Feed them the Word of God. So this has been a part of my ministry for some time. If, uh, if we look back to uh, John chapter 6, we're not going to come back to John. You can take your finger out of that spot. John chapter 6. And here, Jesus is talking, talking to a bunch of people who just had recently, he had just fed 5,000 people with, with however many loaves and fish. I don't remember. Not a whole lot. 5,000. That was just the men. And they were filled. And the evening came, and in the morning early, Jesus gets up, and he gets and he, he, gets and he goes across the other, the other side of the lake, and the disciples follow him in a boat. And uh, all the people wake up, and they're going, where is he? And so they all get in boats, and they go across the lake. And when they find him, they said, they said, uh, in verse 26 of John chapter 6, he said, they said, they said um, where did you come? Where did you go? How did you get over here? And Jesus said to them, verse 26, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, 
which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set His seal on Him. Don't labor for food. Don't do the stuff that perishes, that, that only lasts for a little bit. Invest in what lasts forever. Seek that. That's what's going to really matter. That is what's going to satisfy. And Jesus said, they said, well, give us this bread. And he said, in verse 35, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. In verse 35, he who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread that you are really looking for. You think it's something physical. But every time you eat that physical stuff, if you're going to be in ministry and you're going to feed my sheep, and you're going to, you're going to do the, you're going to give them the um, a great lesson, a good talk, you're going to have some sort of fantastic activity. If you're looking for to be fed by the, the numbers of people who respond to your, your message, the numbers of people whose lives changed, um, if you're looking for some sort of a tangible result from your ministry, and I've had that, but then it's gone, and you're hungry again. Ah, oh, that's exhausting. It's always looking for more, trying to do more. And that's why we have ministries that build bigger churches and, and bigger flashes and, and reach more people. Feeding my sheep. It's wonderful, good stuff. But is that what is going to satisfy them? Is that what satisfies me? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. If you come to me, you'll never hunger and you'll never thirst. Well, that sounded really good. Why is it so hard? Why is it that it seems like this Christian life is so hard, such a struggle, such a, you know, I want to do the right thing, I want to do the good stuff, I want to focus on Jesus. Why is that so hard? So in Matthew chapter 11, now we're going to come back to John, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 11 real quick. I'm running you through your paces. Hopefully you all know how to do this. If you don't, you probably have an app on your phone. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11, and verse 28. After working and working and trying so hard and, and, and being satisfied, but then being hungry again, and then being satisfied and hungry again, and, and people say, oh, you've got such a wonderful ministry and thank you so much for what you do in our lives and, and if it wasn't for you, this would never happen and all that sounds really good and everything. But then it's never enough. You need more. You need it again. And constantly climbing that hill, getting to the top, only to find out there's another one on the other side. 
And you can do that in vocational ministry as well. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Now, isn't that sound wonderful? Wouldn't you love that? Just to take a breather, to rest. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. We, uh, we live in a, in a part of Wisconsin, there's a lot of Amish folks around. And uh, uh, like Holton, uh, Mary Margaret called him a frustrated farmer, and I've been a frustrated farmer all my life. Uh, and I got this, big, this, this tractor farm all in with a, with, a, with a bucket, and I don't know what's wrong with this thing. Some, the wheel does something, but I'm going down the road, and it keeps on doing this all the time. Uh, and so I'm going down the road on one side of the street, and this, this horse and this, this well, it's one, it's a pair of horses on this black buggy, Amish folks coming down. We're, we're both driving the back the back roads, trying to avoid all the traffic. And um, I'm going this way, and they're coming that way. And as I'm getting close, one of these horses is just freaking out. They're just, just yanking this way and yanking that way and afraid of this great big red thing coming at them. And it's going every place, and they, slow, they stop. They stop, and that horse is just yanking. I go by, and he just about, if he could have done it, he would have broke free from his harnesses and just whooped out and around in front of me and took off running because I was going to get him. I'd say he was just sure of it. But I noticed as I went by, he didn't go no place. Fortunately, he didn't break free from his harness because he was harnessed to another horse. And that horse just stood there. That horse had been around apparently long enough to have seen it all and was not bothered by my tractor or my noisy snorting thing going by. And uh, he just stood there, and he held that horse. And when we went by, he just calmed back down, and then they went on their way. When he says, when he says come to me, all you labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He doesn't say, he doesn't say here. Here's my yoke, pull my load. He says, learn from me. I am gentle and lowly in heart. I've been around, okay? You can learn from me. This ain't going to hurt you. This, in fact, I'm not going to expect you to pull this by yourself at all. But I'm in the yoke beside you. And, my, and that's going to make things a lot easier for you. And you will find rest. You've been working so hard trying to do this stuff, but you've been doing it on your own. You've been doing it, working hard, trying hard, not knowing the ropes. Learn from me. Walk with me. That's, that's who this, the God that we serve. This is who this Jesus is. The one who walks with us. This is that relationship. Do you love me? That's a relationship. And you will find rest for your souls. So this sounds easy, he says, because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Listen, 
This Christian life, walking with Jesus, is not supposed to be hard, exhausting. If it's hard and it's exhausting, you ain't yoked up with Him then. You're kind of doing your own thing. Yanking all over the place. If you're thirsty, you're drinking at the wrong well. If you're hungry, you're eating the wrong bread. You're seeking to be satisfied from something else. And so that brings us to John chapter 15. And I would spend a whole bunch more time here. In fact, I could, but I'm not going to. John chapter 15. This is a passage that's meant a lot to me lately. John chapter 15, verse 1, he says, I am, there's another I am statement, this is who Jesus is. You want to know, you want a relationship with Him, you need to know who He is. And here He is, He's telling you, I am. This is who I am. I am the vine. The true vine. And my Father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Abide in me. In me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I am the bread. Learn that. Why do we go someplace else? Why are we looking for something to satisfy other than Jesus? Abide in me, because I am the vine. That's who I am, Jesus says. Learn that. Yoke up with me. I'm the vine. Therefore, abide in me. Have you ever seen... Um, a branch, we don't maybe have a whole lot of vineyards around where we're at, where we live here. Um, but you have branches on trees. You ever see a branch, whatever happens when it's not connected to the tree? It kind of withers. It doesn't do what a branch is supposed to do. It just kind of lays there. Ain't good for much, but getting picked up and burned. Produces heat, something, but ain't what it was created for was to lay there by itself. It was created to be a part of the tree, a part of the vine. That's where it gets its lifeblood. You ever watch a branch, uh, an oak tree out there has got to produce an acorn or something like that, an apple tree produces apples, or a, or a peach tree producing peaches. It sits out there, works hard. Pop, there's a peach. Now, it just does it. It does it naturally, effortlessly, because the sap runs from the, the trunk 
through the branch and you naturally produce fruit. If you are a branch connected to the vine, it is the most natural thing in the world to produce fruit. It's not work. It's what you're supposed to do. It's what he's made you to do. Created unto good works. That's what he expects. But he expects that because he's made you that way. And he expects that because he's made it possible for you to be connected to him, in him. Do a study on your own. The many different places Paul talks about throughout the New Testament. In Christ. In Christ. There's a depth there to be plummeted. In Christ. He says, abide in me. Abide. You are already a branch. Be connected. Be in relationship. Nestle in close. Don't try to produce fruit all by yourself. Stay connected with Jesus, the Spirit of God, who's a helper to flow. That's the sap that flows through your life and, it, and, uh, and just naturally produces fruit in your life. Lest the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain who build it. Labor in vain. So through the years as I began, feed feeding sheep, um, doing all kinds of things, preaching the word. It's good stuff. But I found, and as we, as we minister in the community around us, give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. Give them the word. There you'll find who he is. Give them Jesus. And then rest in Jesus. It doesn't have to be so hard. And then keep resting in Jesus. Abide. Live. Don't, don't get out from that, that yoke. Just walk with Him. And uh, that fruit was, is going to happen right where you are. You'll be shocked and surprised. Because that's what he wants you to do, and that's what he's made you to do. But we can't do it by doing stuff. We can only do it by abiding. So that's my little bit of uh, encouragement for you this morning. Um, like, like I said, live and unedited. I usually have about three or four, eight by 12 pages, and that's what I have this morning. So, But that's an important thing to me. He said, because he lives, that's what we started out this morning. Because he lives, what does that matter? There's life more abundant. That's what he's offered. Because he lives, we can have that. And we can have that abiding in him and flowing through us. Not so much work. And that's, that's our hope. Thank you for entertaining me this morning and sitting there and listening. Let's pray. Father, I thank you again for your word. Lord, that it is, it is, it is as it goes out, it accomplishes that which you 
sent it, how you've intended. Even, uh, even as poorly put together as somebody might have, this is not about me, this is about you. And Lord, your word has been, has been uh, seen, it's been heard, and all kinds of interesting ideas about it. And I just pray, Lord, that you speak to the hearts of these people, that they might go away refreshed, encouraged, built up to walk with you, to abide with you, to rest in you, to be yoked with you, and that they might go out and give you not their great ideas, not their fantastic notions, but to give you to others as they have you, as they have come to know you. And uh, we pray these things in your name. Amen. ask if you would you and your family if you would step to the back there as we dismiss this morning I'd love for folks to come by and just express your appreciation for them being here and uh, for that message this morning and so as they make their way out I'm going to ask uh, Danielle if you would go ahead and play uh, and I want us to go ahead and bow our heads as she's playing and uh, let's think about this message so if you would just sort of join me in attitude of prayer again as we reflect and meditate Father, thank you for your word, and that is what sanctifies us. That is what sets us apart. That's what cleanses us. And so, Lord, as your followers, as believers, we ask that your word would have its cleansing effect on us this morning. Nobody looking around, I just want to ask you to think about this question. Where are you at in your walk with Christ? Are you laboring in your strength? Or are you abiding in Christ? Yoked to Him, resting in Him. Is the Word of God abiding in you? Is there a natural outflow because of the intake from the living water? As followers of Christ, we're able to pour out into others because of that intake. So maybe we're in a struggle right now in the intake in our life and the things of God. I want to encourage you. Talk to the Lord now. It's not about doing but it is about what's been done. Guys, it's done. The work is finished. But if you're hungry and you're thirsty, come to Christ. Connect with Him. Rest in Him. Abide in Him. And let Him work in you and through you for His name's sake. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, sending him that we might be forgiven of our sins, that though we struggle, though we fall, we recognize that in Christ we have our identity. In Christ we have our forgiveness. In Christ we've been made whole. In Christ we are redeemed. Lord, forgive us for those struggles. Let them not be excuses to not 
put one foot in front of the other. Lord, as we trip, as we stumble, may we look to your grace to lift us, to encourage us, to dust us off, to clean us. And Lord, help us as we go from here this day that our lives would be producers of fruit, not because of what we're doing, because of what's been done and what you're doing in us and through us. To God be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.